This week on the Jay Doherty Podcast, a continued discussion over Trump's racist tweets and how other members of Congress, including some Republicans, condemn the messages. Also, that alligator in Humboldt Park has finally been captured after about a week since it was first spotted. Florida man Frank Robb kicked alligator Bob out and caught it. He even went on to the Cubs game for a first pitch. Finally, the iPhone 11 models are out and they look interesting to say the least. My analysis and what you might want to buy instead up next. All that and more on episode 91 of the Jay Doherty Podcast. This is the Jay Doherty Podcast. And now, broadcasting live from downtown Chicago, here's your host, Jay Doherty. That is correct, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for being here on this episode of the Jay Doherty Podcast. 91, uh, it's being recorded Thursday, July 18th, 2019 at 9.28 a.m. is uh, the time right now when we're broadcasting live. Uh, and there is a lot to talk about, a lot of follow-up news to basically what has happened uh, in the past week. Of course, the headline story everywhere is Trump's racist tweets against the squad. Now, that is, of course, uh, the four Democratic Congresswomen. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat of New York, Ilhan Omar from Minnesota, Ayanna Presley from Massachusetts, and Rashida Tlaib from Michigan. All of these are women of color. Trump tweeted at them, So interesting to see, quote, progressive Democrat congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt, and inept anywhere in the world, if they even have a functioning government at all, now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? And then come uh, back and show us how it's done. These places need your help badly, and you can't leave fast enough. I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi would be very happy to quickly work out free travel arrangements. Again, that I'm, quote, I'm quoting the president. He tweeted that at 5.27 a.m. on July 14th, 2019, and he's receiving a lot of backlash for it. He doesn't even defend himself for it. In fact, he doubles down and says it again. He was just at a rally uh, yesterday, and... The uh, base, who at least the portion of the base that attended the rally, was t- uh, chanting, send them back. So there are a lot of people uh, out there that uh, would agree with him, unfortunately. Uh, I, you know, the way he phrased it especially does not, like, I, I could understand, he, he should have just said, anyone, including Democrats who do not like America, should just leave the country if they don't if they don't feel passionate about what they're doing, but he doesn't have to bring in all of this racial, uh, you know, stuff and 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 you know, I think no one would really have the energy or the time or frankly the energy to raise money if they wanted to uh, run for office. So I'm I'm pretty sure they would uh, want at least in the beginning to help America out. Uh, so I don't know what really his point was, and the the thing that really gets people is that he continues to defend himself, or that he continues to double down on what he's saying. He's not even backing off or anything like that. So at that rally, people were cheering, uh, send them back, and that, while it was received well by some, it wasn't received by well by others. In fact, the man himself, Anthony Scaramucci, the former communications director for the White House, actually appeared on Fox News this fine morning. 
on uh, Fox and Friends. And uh, he said this. He was a little bit offended by the claims. And I was interested to see what he had to say. I'm not, I'm not a fan of it because, you know, I'm an Italian-American. Uh, people were told that in my family. My grandmother was told that. He's got so many great things to run on, Brian. We don't have to go in that direction, okay? But if he wants to the, label... You, I understand that, yeah. but do you All see... right, so they go on and talk about polling numbers, statistics, and all that stuff. But... Um, you know, it really is interesting to see what how how people, especially because uh, there, you know, a lot of uh, immigrant Republicans. It's kind of broadly based, or um, you know, uh, that uh, Republicans are you know white, and just because that's reflected in the Congress, there are a lot of uh, conservative uh, people that I know that are not, that are not, they don't fit the general stereotype, and they are, in some cases, first-generation immigrants, and, you know, by the logic that Trump is uh, presenting, he could say that about himself. Now, of course, his defense would be, uh, you know, I, but I love this country, I'm the president, I won, and I really do have a passion for this country, but by the same logic that he's presenting, his mother was from Scotland, she was a first-generation immigrant, three of the four uh, people that he was talking about in uh, three of the four members of the squad that he was talking about were born in the country, in this country. The other was born in Somalia, Ilhan Omar. She immigrated when she was 10 years old with her family. Uh, so the same logic could easily be presented with Donald Trump saying, go back and fix Scotland and then come back when it's done and show us how it's done. There are 235 Democrats, 197 Republicans in the 116th Congress, 193 Republicans voted to condemn the, uh, excuse me, to not condemn the uh, president's words, 235 Democrats voted, and, and 235 Democrats and four Republicans voted to condemn uh, Trump's words. Those four that did, those four Republicans that did vote to condemn Trump's words, Representative Will Hurd of the 23rd District in Texas, Susan Brooks from the 5th District in Indiana, the 1st District in uh, in uh, Pennsylvania, Brian Fitzpatrick, Fred Upton from Michigan in the 6th District. Those are the four people uh, that uh, voted to condemn these messages. Will Hurd actually did an interview with uh, CNN, and he said, I, quote, think those tweets were, are racist and xenophobic. They're also inaccurate. The four women he's referring to are actually citizens of the United States. Three of the four were born here. It's also uh, behavior that's unbecoming of the leader of the free world. He should not be talking about things, or sorry, he should be talking about things that unite, not divide us. I believe that. I completely believe that. Will Hurd is actually the only black Republican in the House, and he released a statement on Twitter, kind of furthering those same points. He says, There is no room in America for racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, and xenophobia and hate. I voted to condemn the president's tweets today, but I hope the Speaker Pelosi also considers holding members of her own party accountable to the same degree to which she holds a president. Mr. Hurd, I could not agree with you more. In fact, I reached out uh, to Mr. Hurd's office, and they referred me just to a tweet, this tweet, actually, and maybe we'll have him on to, on the show at some point if they uh, so agree. I don't know. You know, Republicans these days are not the biggest fan of the media. I wonder why. 
but Susan Brooks was among the others. Uh, she represents the 5th District of Indiana. She says, My hope for our country is that we can move beyond divisive rhetoric in order to more effectively govern. And boy, the hate in her comments. The hate in her comments was terrible. But some good. Uh, at Steph Tomblin says Democrat Susan Brooks. Candy Priano says, You sided with socialists today. What about the nasty, treasonous words of the socialist Democrats? Do they carry great weight? Sarah M. says, Yes, it is important to speak up when POTUS crosses the line. His language is so hateful and destructive to our democracy. Thank you. So, uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff that's out there. Um, you know, for example, uh, Peter uh, Cerullo on Twitter says, Milk toast statement. Stand with our president against the unprecedented attacks from the Democrats and the media. He's the only one taking the case directly to the people. The socialist Spice Girls will ruin what's left of the Democratic Party. Very well, very well phrased. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, so yeah, that that is uh, Miss Brooks. Um, Fred Upton was also among them. I reached out to his office. I actually reached out to all of their offices. They all just uh, either didn't pick up or, or, or referred me to these tweets yesterday. Fred Upton says, Today's resolution was targeted at the specific words that are frankly not acceptable from a leader in any workplace, large or small. If we're going to bring civility back to the center of politics, we must speak out against inflammatory rhetoric from anyone in a party anytime it happens. America embraces diversity, and that must continue. To quote, the President, Ra or to quote President Reagan, Thanks to each wave of new arrivals to this land of opportunity, we're a nation forever young, forever bursting with energy and new ideas, and always on the cutting edge, always leading the world to the next frontier. If we ever close the door to new Americans, our leadership would soon be lost. So, he actually got, from what I've seen and what I've rounded up just on uh, a smaller scale, he actually got better uh, support. He is a Republican from Michigan, and I completely agree with him. You know, in fact, I was thinking about this the other day. If Ronald Reagan was alive, and he was advising the president, and and had the uh, his experience of being a president to advise Trump, I wonder what it would be differently. What would be different? Because um, Reagan has, or Trump frequently quotes Reagan as being a great president. Um, and he was a great president, and I wonder just what Trump would actually say about uh, Ronald Reagan and how they would get along. Like, would Trump just all of a sudden hate Ronald Reagan after he said, no, you know, what he's doing is wrong? Like, how, how would that play out? I'm really, I would be really interested to see what that, how that would happen. Um, so yeah, among the others that uh, were offended by Trump's racist tweets, were uh, Pramila J. Paul. She is a Democrat from Washington, and she spoke very passionately in about a minute and a half uh, about uh, her stance on Trump's rhetoric and Trump's tweets. I am a proud, naturalized citizen born in India, a proud patriot, a proud person who belongs in this country. And it's not the first time I've heard, go back to your own country, but it is the first time I have heard it coming from the White House. And that's what matters. And frankly, Madam Speaker, I am appalled that on this floor, my Republican colleagues would call any of us anti-American. That is why this vote is so important. 
because we have to let the rest of the country know that the House of Representatives will stand up for the Constitution, represent and defend every single person in the country, regardless of the color of their skin or the country of their birth. Madam Speaker, my Republican colleagues have been talking about patriotism, about love of country. One of them said, love it or leave it. But what is love if not to make what we love better through our critique, our work, and our service? That is what real Americans do. We do not stifle dissent. We do not otherize or sow hatred. And we certainly never say, go back to your country to a brown or a black person, because that is a racist trope. I hope that every single member of this chamber, Republican and Democrat, will join me in rejecting the president's message and vote in support of this resolution. That is the American thing to do. That's Pramila J. Paul. She is a Democrat from the uh, 7th District in Washington. She is uh, pretty far left relative to some of the other more quiet Democrats in this fine House of Representatives, but um, that's what she had to say. Hakeem Jeffries is a Democrat from New York. Represents a district near where Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez represents a district. Hakeem Jeffries had to say this about uh, Trump's comments. We are a nation of immigrants, some voluntary, others involuntary. But as Dr. King once observed, we may have come over on different ships, but we're all in the same boat now. We are a gorgeous mosaic of people from throughout the world. We are white, we are black, we are Latino, we are Asian, we are Native American. We are Christian, we are Jewish, we are Muslim, we are Hindu. We are believers, we are non-believers. We are gay, we are straight. We are young, we are older. We are women, we are men. We are citizens, we are dreamers. Out of many, we are one. That's what makes America a great country. And no matter what, xenophobic behavior is coming out of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. We will never let anyone take that away from us. Not now, not ever. In the 50s and during the 60s, segregationists told us to go back. And uh, that was at the end there, John Lewis, of course, the famous uh, civil rights activist that I just pulled that clip because it was really interesting to see uh, the kind of historic voices on this, and then also the modern voices, uh, people just, you know, expressing freely what they believed uh, and what they had to say. Now, all this makes you wonder, how did the man himself, Donald J. Trump, respond to this? Well, he did it via Twitter two days later after he tweeted these out, and that was uh, two days before I am speaking to you. He says, those tweets were not racist. I do not have a racist bone in my body. The so-called vote uh, to be taken is a Democrat con game. Republicans should not show, quote, weakness and fall into their trap. This should be a vote on the filthy language, statements, and lies told by the Democrat congresswomen who I truly believe, based on their horrible actions, hate our country. Get a list of the horrible things they've said. Now, he, he is uh, coercing the the Republican colleagues of his to do exactly as he says, which is not a new thing, but especially when it's on like core values such as racism and other things, it is pretty bad. And what makes it worse is actually after he said that in the same tweet, he says, Omar is pulling at 8%, Cortez is 21%, Nancy Pelosi tried to push them away, but now they are forever wedded to the Democratic Party. See you in 2020. You know, I'm, I'm legitimately convinced that Trump saw that he was 
falling behind potentially that Joe Biden and others uh, kind of resonated more with them. So he did it. He pulled a stunt like this and now doesn't really care because that riles up the base and convinces everyone to come back. I really think that that is my that, that's my belief as to what happened. Now, uh, he referred to Nancy Pelosi in that tweet, so it's only fair that we see what she had to say on that same House floor as Pramila J. Paul Hakeem Jeffries were on. Every single member of this institution, Democratic and Republican, should join us in condemning the president's racist tweets. To do anything less would be a shocking rejection of our values and a shameful abdication of our oath of office to protect the American people, I urge the general, a unanimous the from vote and you. yield back the balance of my. Yeah, so that's what happens, and uh, Nancy Pelosi is setting up the trap because Donald Trump thinks it's a trap, but it's not. It is not. That is a that's a legitimate thing, and I think that more Republicans would probably have voted the other way, and I say this seriously. Uh, but they are afraid to lose the base. They want to keep. They want to stay in office. And there's a lot of people that support Trump. And they, if they see that their representative, the person they elected, potentially even gave money to, for their campaign, is voting against what they want, they're not going to be that inclined to vote for them in the next election. Now, of course, this made Trump mad and made uh, his number one uh, senior advisor whose husband does not uh, is not a particular fan eh, of uh, President Trump, Kellyanne Conway, was mad, like actually mad today, and it was kind of funny. She was, um, on, she was uh, on the lawn of the White House talking to the press, and she was pretty upset, to say the least. I've about had it with people denigrating the American flag, Americans uh, analogizing red hats to swastikas. Is that where we really are now? And, and respectfully to all of you, I'm trying here, but if you're not going to push, excuse me, if you're going to be a... If you're going to be afraid of and adoring of these four congressmen who practically got here yesterday, all of you have been on this beat for a very long time working your butts off to get it right. If you're going to be afraid of and adoring of them and not challenge their facts, you, you allow them again yesterday to say people are drinking out of toilets? I was at the border on Friday. I bothered to go. So that's uh, Kellyanne Conway, and, uh, well, she was upset, and actually on the same day, George Conway, uh, her husband, wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal, or the Washington Post, uh, just titled, How Trump is a Racist. (laughs) It was very funny. You know, the other guy who has responded to this is Mike Quigley, his representative in my fine district of Illinois. He wrote an opinion piece in the Chicago Sun-Times saying, quote, The presidency has been marred by scandals and corruption, much of which rises to the level of potentially impeachable offenses. The president fired the FBI director in an attempt to end the agency's investigation into his campaign and committed 11 instances of potential obstruction of the Robert Mueller investigation. Since day one, he has flagrantly promoted his properties and, and businesses to profit from the office he holds and has continued to my raid unethical and potentially illegal financial practices. Pretty sure they're not potential. I think they are illegal, but it hasn't been deemed yet, so I understand the language. Congress has more than enough cause for investigation, says Quigley. This is not a question of whether the president is fit for office. He's not. It's not a question of whether the president has abused his power. He clearly has, according to Quigley. 
You can read the full piece j-story.com or on the SunTimes at suntimes.com. So that's uh, what's happening with Trump's tweets. Uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I don't. I think this is more of a stunt. I don't know uh, if the president is familiar with how these words are really not. They're they're traditionally racist. They're terrible words. He shouldn't have said them. But uh, that's what ha- that's that's what happens. We're facing this situation. It's nine forty eight on the Jay Doherty podcast. This show is brought to you in part by Blueberry. If you go to j com slash b l u b r r y and use the code J-A-Y-D-O-H-E-R-T-Y, all one word, that's my name, Jay Doherty, J-A-Y-D-O-H-E-R-T-Y, at checkout. You can get yourself a month free of their phenomenal podcast hosting, distribution, and subscription service. A month free. I use it, you should use it too. It's called Blueberry, and you can find them at B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be right back on a quick three-minute break. Right here, right now, on the Jay Doherty Podcast. It is 9.50 if you're listening on the live stream, and it's whatever time you're listening to if you're listening on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be right back.
laguna de rumbo al par hay un cocodrilo sin dientes. A mí no me crean, lo dice la gente. You know this song? En la laguna de rumbo al par hay un cocodrilo sin dientes. Ya vinieron los bomberos. It's called El Crocodilo de Humboldt Park, 2019. Believe it or not, all those voices that you hear are just one man. His name is Yandris Caspedes. I tracked him down after I uh, was doing some reporting on the uh, Humboldt Park alligator in Humboldt Park from uh, Billy Ocasio. Billy Ocasio, if you uh, do not know, is the uh, former advisor uh, to former Illinois Governor Pat Quinn, a former alderman in the Humboldt Park District, and currently he is uh, the head, the president, the big man himself at the uh, National, Puerto, uh, National Museum of Puerto Rican Arts and Culture. It opens at uh, 10 a.m. every day, and it's located at 3015 West Division Street. Highly recommend it. Well, isn't that a great song? It's called uh, El Crocodilio de Humboldt Park 2019, and it's about the alligator that has consumed our waters here in Chicago in the uh, fine west side neighborhood of Humboldt Park. Now, catching an alligator, roaming free in the Humboldt Park Lagoon, turned Frank Robb, the guy who replaced Alligator Bob, the volunteer from the Chicago Herpetological Society, they wiped him out and replaced him with this new guy, Frank Robb, uh, and... You know, I gotta say, the, the general reaction from the community, from Alligator Bob uh, being there, it was, they loved it, Alligator Bob, for the most part, from what I know. If you feel differently, call the show, 312-625-8492. But the general consensus was, you know, we like this guy, he's doing his best, he's a, he's a volunteer. I met him, he was so nice to everyone. The one thing people didn't like, he wasn't too kind to the press because he wanted to get the job done. And that happened from July 9th to July 16th, those patterns, until they were put... To an end by uh, Chicago Animal Care and Control when they uh, brought in this guy Frank Robb from um, Florida. Uh, now there's a lot of different reports about where this alligator is actually going to end up going. They're saying it's definitely going to Florida, but they don't know if it's going to go on an alligator farm. It's going to go on a zoo. Different different national and local papers reporting different things. At the recommendation of experts at Brookfield Zoo and Rob himself, the alligator brought crowds out to the west side's Humboldt Park Lagoon. will be flying Thursday to the St. Augustine Alligator Farm Zoological Park. But earlier in that same article, they say Animal Care is preparing to send it to a zoo. So we don't know. Kelly Gendersky, she's the director of the Chicago Animal Care and Control. And uh, I saw her when I was over there reporting. In fact, I met Alligator Bob. I talked to him for a couple minutes before he was swarmed with the crowds. And then he was on the phone and uh, talked about his experience uh, watching this fine alligator at uh, the Humble Park Lagoon. Uh, not too bad. Enjoying the hot sun. No, it's just uh, a little tiring with uh, all the commotion going on here. Uh, we usually try to keep these type of things quiet so that it doesn't become a media circus like this. And we're doing our best right now to keep the general public to not be afraid and not be crazy. And that was his recommendation in the beginning, to shut it down, make it quiet, so this alligator can be easier to catch. Now, when they flew this guy in, Mr. Frank Robb, he made all these same requests with a little bit more extensive and probably more specificity. 
and they did all that before he got there. So all he had to do was kind of they set the table. He just had to eat the dinner. And he got the alligator. He brought it. He caught it with uh, supposedly a net or some sort of physical device that he actually had in his hands. Uh, picked it up and uh, got the alligator. The whole city was going crazy over this alligator. Uh, it was almost kind of like comical, in my opinion, is jocular. Frank Robb said that uh, this new alligator farm that he's going to be transported to is a five-star place. He'll never have any worries for the rest of his life. The worries he did have were basically that an owner, an owner who illegally owned this fine alligator, uh, thought it got too big all of a sudden and uh, ran down to this fine lagoon and presumably in the middle of the night and just threw it in there, which is not good. Someone spotted it, uh, and it could have been even longer in that water, but someone spotted it on uh, the 9th, and they just got it out on the 16th. So, um, that's what happens. I mean, the way Alligator Bob phrased it, and I was even there, he said the owner might have taken him out of a bathtub, grabbed him, tied him in a knot, threw him in a blanket, put him in a box, brought here, and dumped him. He's in shock already, he's been handcuffed and arrested and dumped into an empty pond. Well, that is torturous, especially for an animal. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I'm sure the alligator was obviously in shock, but also somewhat relieved that it can finally swim in larger bodies of water. And it still probably does not know what, what's going on. I'm sure it's very confused. It was at this press conference where they talked about the condition of him. They said he's happy, healthy, doing well, but in shock. He's reportedly uh, about four or five feet long. And... Uh, Officials are saying that they haven't been able to say how the creature got into the lagoon, of course. But, of course, the prevailing story, according to WTTW, is that someone was raising the alligator as a pet and released it once it got too big to care for. So, that's what's happening. Now, I want to thank specifically for my other coverage and the recommendation for that song. Billy Ocasio, he is the director of the National Museum for Puerto Rican Arts and Culture, located at 3015 West Division Street in Chicago, 60622. It opens 10 a.m., and uh, you can get tickets at mp nmprac.org or call the number 773-486-8345. Great place to come if you're in Chicago or if you're visiting Chicago. Some facts about these exotic animals. Now, uh, the, the real question is, why would anyone want to have a pet alligator? Well, I would, I mean, I wouldn't mind a pet alligator. No, I, I would not want a pet alligator. But what I do want is a pet Arctic wolf someday. And I have done a lot of research on uh, the the animals that you are legally allowed to own and the, the condition of which you are obligated to obtain them in and upkeep them. Hawaii, actually, out of all states, has the most restrictive pet laws, contrary to popular belief. Almost all animals other than cats and dogs are illegal, and any pet entering the state must be quarantined and held for inspection. Probably didn't think that about Hawaii. Maybe it's, well, I guess most people own cats and dogs, but if you have anything other than that, you probably rethink the glamour of Hawaii. Next to Hawaii, Nevada, they actually are the opposite. They have the loosest exotic pet laws, where some animals, such as tigers, non-human primates, elephants, wolves, are legal to own without a permit. You can own an elephant without a permit in Nevada. Hopefully they don't use that to uh, storm into uh, the fine Area 51. That would be quite amusing, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't know if anyone heard this story. 
but people are, and I don't want to get too sidetracked, but people are uh, planning, uh, at least as a joke, uh, over uh, just over a million people are planning to uh, storm Area 51, you know that uh, base that I frequently talk about that's in the Nevada desert near Groom Lake? Supposedly with aliens, no, there's no aliens in there, it's, a, it's a, just an Air Force testing base. But um, maybe these uh, elephant owners are able to uh, go in there permitless with elephants. That would be pretty amusing. You know what is illegal in Nevada? Alligators, crocodiles, coyotes, foxes, and raccoons. So I don't... Please, uh, legislatures, governors, and other uh, elected officials, please explain to me why you can own an elephant without a permit, but you cannot own a fox or a raccoon, even an alligator. Without a permit. You can own a wolf. I mean, a wolf could... <laughs> does a lot more damage than a coyote or a fox would, at least from what I know, the little I know. California has uh, strict exotic pet laws as well. You cannot have ferrets in California. You cannot have hedgehogs, and you certainly cannot have sugar gliders. So... For those who don't know, the large majority of existence, at least in my view, who don't know, the according to Wikipedia, the sugar glider is a small, omnivorous, arboreal, and nocturnal gliding possum belonging to the marsupial, marsupial infraclass. The common name refers to its preference for sugary foods like sap and nectar and its ability to glide through the air, much like a flying squirrel. Basically, is a combination of a bat and a squirrel. Uh, there was a Zanesville massacre, of course, in Ohio, and that enacted the exotic pet ban for Ohio in 2014. So that is the story with uh, the alligator and the exotic pet laws in other states. Uh, I tried to have Alligator Bob on. He did not come. Frank Robb, though, was on uh, 720 WG on the radio station. He was talking to uh, the host over there about... Um, the alligator, and, you know, the the thing that we have to remember is, even though Alligator Bob was kind of uh, replaced by this guy, at least the way that people are phrasing it, he was at the press conference, he was standing right behind in his full herpetological uh, uniform, standing right there, and um, he was proud, he had uh, his whole uniform, just like we saw him there, he had his whole truck and everything ready to go, and he was just a volunteer, a volunteer who gave his best, and then an expert who came in and caught it with hours, within hours. So, very interesting. If there's any more alligator news, we'll uh, be sure to let you know over here. We're going to move on, though, to uh, some interesting story in the technology sector. iPhone 11, you know that thing. We're currently on the iPhone 10, the iPhone 8. Well, no, actually, now we're on the 10s, but the, 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 it went from iPhone 7 to iPhone 8 to iPhone 10, both released in the same event, then to the 10s and the 10s Max, and now we're, we don't know what it's going to be called. So we're just assuming that it's going to be called the iPhone 11. We don't know. Uh, some people are saying it might be called the XI, uh, the 10i. It's really complicated. They kind of dug themselves into a hole, unless they have some clever way of getting out of it. That's what they've done with naming this iPhone 10 the iPhone 10. Um, you know, people thought originally, well, you know, it's the iPhone 10 because it's the 10th year anniversary, but it's also an X, and that's just to symbolize, like, look, I have the 10-year anniversary of the iPhone. And then they brought it back with 10s. Now, they could be sticking with that for consistency in their uh, 
like in their uh, branding because they have the iPhone 6s, the iPhone 5s. They skipped the 7s for no reason. They went straight to the 8, and it's basically the same phone except you have wireless charging and a slightly improved camera, but they stuck with the 10s, and we don't know what they're going to call this next one. What we do know, though, is that it looks really uh, kind of weird, actually. I don't know if this is even going to be the confirmed result. It has three cameras, one flash, according to the leaked models from case manufacturers in China. One of these cameras is the standard camera, the one you use to take most of your pictures. The other is the telephoto lens, which most users already have. Uh, if you have an iPhone 10 or uh, an iPhone or any iPhone that is a Plus or Max, uh, and then also uh, the new one is the uh, ultra wide. Now this is going to be cool if they have this. The ultra wide camera will take you take super wide shots, ultra wide uh, lens on there. We don't. It's unclear how they're going to be able to at least integrate the hardware into the software of the camera, if this is even going to be the case. Uh, but we don't know. The other thing that we don't know, well, we kind of do. We're guessing, and just like all of this stuff is just speculation. Pricing will likely start at a thousand dollars and go up for additional storage uh, or for the larger screen. So they're kind of inflating a thousand dollars to be not that much in the uh, world of smartphones. The Wall Street Journal says that Apple's flagship 2019 lineup will f feature three models, two OLED, one LCD. Uh, of course, that's the display. Uh, OLED is more advanced than the LCD for those who don't know. OLED is basically a technology in which uh, all the, to explain it very simply, all the colors pop uh, uh, much brighter, much more, um, I guess, retina-like, as they call it. Uh, and all of the blacks are completely deep black. You don't. It's not a projected image of a black pixels or black pixels being projected up onward to the screen so the light reflects. It's literally just black, and it's a very cool effect. Not a huge deal for people who don't really notice it, but they're also they're releasing two of those models as they have right now in one LCD. The two OLED models they have right now are the iPhone XS and the iPhone XS Max, and then the LCD is uh, the iPhone XR, which in my opinion is actually a really good deal, the iPhone XR. 749 they bumped down the price temporarily at least in Chicago to 649 and you get basically you, the only downgrades you get are the camera and the LCD I mean it's all you get you, you get the same body the same cutout just better colors or more options for colors than the iPhone 10 s and 10 and uh, according to the Wall Street Journal they also go on to say that uh, this LCD screen panel, this new one that's going to come out, the equivalent, the successor to the iPhone XR, is going to have a dual camera system. That's new. 9 5 Mac is reporting that Bloomberg is saying the third camera on the high-end models will have an ultra-wide-angle lens to produce larger and more detailed photos. As I said. TF International Securities, working with Ming-Chi Kuo, first predicted that Apple's 2019 flagship iPhones would work uh, with bi-directional wireless charging days before it launched Galaxy's uh, S10 line with wireless PowerShare. And that's interesting. You know, from what I know and from what I see, and we'll have pictures of this on the website, if you look at this camera, the, the leaked models suggest that it's going to be a square, like literally a, a square with rounded corners, and a flash, three cameras like a, in the shape of a triangle, the, the base of the triangle being on the leftmost side next to the uh, power button lock button of the phone, and then a camera um, at the tip of the triangle, the vertex, the most uh, right, the yeah, I guess it would be the 
uh, on the right hand side, or I guess no, it would be the left hand side, assuming you're holding the phone looking at you. Uh, on that side, uh, at the tip of the triangle, is going to be another camera, and uh, directly above that is going to be a flash. So it looks really strange. I mean, if it's hard to explain, it's going to look pretty strange, is what I'm saying. Uh, so, I don't know, I'm not, uh, based off what we know, I'm not convinced. They're going to have to have some crazy spec bumps if I was even going to consider, uh, or recommend considering this thing. But, uh, I could be totally wrong. This might not even be accurate, and I'm just doing this to throw the people off. But, if this thing is as bad or as not appealing, at least for a new iPhone, as I say it is, I would recommend, uh, maybe, just maybe, there's no rumors on this, the Apple Watch. My prediction, and put this, remember this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it in the archives, but you remember this, because in, uh, let's just see here, two months, three months, whatever, they normally uh, announce these phones in early September. So, they're going to announce the Apple Watch. That's so going to be the first thing they announce, at least first piece of hardware they're going to announce. And my guess is the Apple Watch is going to get a complete redesign. They made it le have less thick bezels, of course, on the new Apple Watch Series 4, but for Series 5, I think they're going to rethink the whole thing. It's going to surprise everyone, and people are going to be more inclined to buy it so they can increase the Apple Watch sales. Have you noticed, really, have you noticed that Apple has taken a break, at least from what I've seen, marketing the Apple Watch, you don't really see much of it, you know, maybe they're just trying to ease it, and then once the new one comes out, it's going to be crazy, totally different, maybe no bezels, I, I assume it's going to be continue to be square, but my guess is they're going to revamp that, surprise everyone, and that's going to be the flagship device that they have in there, but that's just my prediction, who knows, maybe this iPhone XS or 11 or whatever is going to be spectacular. Yeah, it probably is. I don't know. I mean, my guess, I'm, I'm still sticking with, with what I'm saying, but uh, it's definitely possible. Right about the 19-minute uh, mark. We're going to fade out here with, the, I'm sorry I played this song, but I guess this is the way that it happens every time. Let's see, what else did we talk about? So, yeah, we, we had a great episode today. Um, let's see here. We talked about Trump's racist tweets, the response. How could have unified the Democratic Party? Also, that alligator in Humboldt Park, it's been captured, of course, as we talked about. Alligator Bob got kicked out, and Frank Robb caught it. He even went on to a Cubs game, Mr. Robb, to throw the first pitch, but they didn't even have Alligator Bob there. I forgot to mention that. They didn't even have Alligator Bob there. He should have caught the first pitch or done something. We also talked about the iPhone 11 models and uh, why you might want to buy the Apple Watch Series 5 instead. If it's really not that good, my guess is they're going to really update, totally revamp these new uh, Apple Watch Series 5. I recommend you buy them. It's the J. Doherty Podcast, Thursday, July 18th. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow on uh, episode 92 of the J. Doherty Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the studio line, 312-625-8492, if you want to call that in. I appreciate you listening. It's uh, 443, J. Doherty Podcast, downtown Chicago. Thank you for listening to this episode.